Let's begin now. the NFL sleeps, man. Never. Like, I'm dead serious, man. Like, I, I was trying to think about this, you know, because I, I started doing this show about a year ago today. Not quite. We got a little bit more until we hit the anniversary, which we'll have cake and balloons and, and some stuff like that so that, you know, if you guys all want to text in and call in on that night, we'll figure out the exact date thanks to uh, Facebook memory. I'll be able to have that. That You know, Lucas, Facebook memory is a is a is a dark place at times. I hate it. Why? Because of the same reasons I'm about to mention? Yes. I know exactly what you're going to say. Yeah, man. It like brings up the good times in your life that maybe you don't have anymore. Like February was tough, man. February was a tough Facebook time hop for obvious reasons. Bro, especially the people who, you know, like millennials, like our age, who has had Facebook for like 15 years. Yeah. It's tough. That's me, not you. Don't worry about it. But it's just, man, I was, because, you know, every once in a while I'll get like a March Madness bracket that I posted, which, by the way, this isn't the 8 o'clock out of left field question, but do you do you do brackets on paper still? Like, do you still fill one out, or is it all strictly online, share that thing and, and see where all your other daddies in the group are with you? Because I was wondering about that. I was wondering if people still filled out a bracket on paper, because, you know, it's kind of like the same argument that people might have with, uh, you know, reading like the newspaper. Some people still have to have it in their hands every morning with their cup of joe and uh, and a toaster strudel if people still are eating those things. Cherry flavored was the best. Um, but, yeah, time hop, man. What a crazy what a crazy thing that, that can be, unfortunately, for some. Uh, but today was wild um, for the first day. It kind of always goes like this. Uh, we'll have Ron Cop on at 6.30 of Arrowhead Pride, their uh, leading film analyst. He's been away for a while. He's got a lot of things that he wants to talk about, including what's in the division, what the Chiefs did today, um, and so on and so forth. But today was, a, was an interesting day for the Chiefs because a lot of questions were answered, Right. So the obvious was the new signing of the offensive tackle and Dwan and Dwan Taylor. Um, well, for some reason, Sean Barber has a hard time spelling that man's name. Let's see if I get a text here in a second from that man. But the whole offseason, and, and at least for like the last, I say the whole offseason, it's been like what three weeks, and we haven't stopped. Obviously, for many reasons here in Kansas City, is you'll have a draft here in a couple weeks. Uh, well, about a month. Um, but today, the Chiefs, they signed former Jaguars offensive tackle uh, Juwan Taylor. They reached an agreement on a four-year, $80 million deal, including $60 million guaranteed, or as we talk in the Twitter world, GTD. He and the Chiefs uh, negotiated and confirmed by Drew Rosenhaus and Robert Bailey. Uh, the thing that stuck out to me the most, obviously, when something like this happens for, for a football team or somebody that, that you cover, the first thing you want to go to is... Pro football reference. Scan it, scan it, look around, see what's going on. Sacks allowed, pressures, 
so much and so forth. And this guy screams Brett Veach type of signing. Young, played four years in the league, never missed a game. Consistency. Now, I'm not saying that Orlando Brown wasn't consistent, right? But look at all the other offensive linemen. How many times have you seen Joe Tooney miss games? Not very often, if ever. A lot of times you'll hear, like, Joe Tooney's got a knee injury, but expected to play. Creed Humphrey, never missed a game. Trey Smith, always consistently there. Lucas Neang, right tackle, completely opposite story. Right tackle, still a question, because you would assume and believe with all of the sources out there, Pete Sweeney, Matt, uh, Matt Verderam, Ian Rappaport, left tackle is what this kid's going to play. And in his first four years, 2019 to 2022, 100% of snaps in 19, 100% of the snaps in 20, 100% of the snaps in 21, and 98% in 22. Consistency and not the highest paid is where this kind of speaks out to me. Because you need somebody out there, on that side at least, that can play with Patrick Mahomes for more than 14 games, right? There's going to be injuries that happen in the NFL. You'd like to, you'd really enjoy them if they were minimal on your offensive line. And this offensive line is built to keep Patrick Mahomes untouched. Now, I think Patrick Mahomes still has a few more years of being able to be the, the magician or the, the rollout wizard where he can get off his spot, improvise, and become that quarterback. But again, it wouldn't bother me either if you started to kind of mix in a new style of Patrick Mahomes. And what I mean by that is, obviously, you continue to let his trust be built with his offensive line. Center, right, and right guard, not going anywhere, probably for almost his entire career both young, both in the same draft class, both a couple years younger than Patrick Mahomes. And they've showed a lot of consistency. Since they got Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, the offensive line has kind of consistently been strong, been trustworthy, and Patrick Mahomes has looked like a different quarterback. MVP season this last year. This kid who played 100% of snaps in three consecutive years from 19 to 21 and 98% of snaps last year and never missed a game shows you that not only is he ready to go, but he knows how to protect a quarterback that means a lot to a franchise. Why do I say that? His quarterback that he protected for the last two years was a first overall pick, was a franchise quarterback, and a franchise-changing quarterback that the emphasis of protection was always there. Again, was a right tackle, offensive tackle, now to soon be a left tackle. I like where Veach goes here. I like where Veach tries to continue the same tendencies with this organization. And I think the greatest thing about this is that this is a position in which now you don't have to worry about the more we go down, the more signings happen. Because today, and we'll get to it on, the, on another, another segment, with the wide receiver market being completely the opposite of what it was last year, which I think gives you a lot of trust in what you can see from Juju Smith-Schuster. I'll get to that a little bit later. But I think what's interesting is a lot of people will say, you know, well, what is, what are the, you know, the plans? What is the idea of signing a guy, 80 million, 60 GTD? Can you trust him to be a left tackle? Offensive lineman, former NFL offensive lineman and brother of Mitchell Schwartz, Jeff Schwartz, joined the drive and had this little snidbit to say about where you can trust him. 
three offensive line coaches I trust in the NFL um, to to handle this um, with. You just I just trust them, and Andy Heck is one of them. Jeff Stalin in Philly is the other one. Um, Callahan probably at the Browns is the third. Um, where if Andy Heck says, "Hey, um, we think Taylor can play left tackle," Let's put him in left tackle. I'm like, yes, coach. I, I believe in you. Right? I mean, look what what he's done throughout his career in Jacksonville, and now obviously what he's done with Kansas City all the years with Andy Reid. So if Andy Heck thinks this is something that that that, that, that can be done, I'm all for it. Yeah. If it was another team um, that that said, hey, we're we're going to sign Tanner and put him left tackle, I'd be like, oh, I, I'm not quite sure about that. But I think Kansas City deserves the benefit of the doubt when it comes to their offensive line. Look how many guys they developed over the years um, and what they've done at that position. And I think you'd be pretty happy with the results. So I, I trust them. There's trust. You have to have that. And the big news today as well that involves the Chiefs is that Andrew Wiley goes away. Good for Andrew Wiley. I think Andrew Wiley deserves a standing ovation from the Chiefs franchise and the Chiefs fan base. Was absolutely insane in the Super Bowl. Stepped up when he needed to. Did exactly what he should have done. And got rewarded for it. And this was Jeff Schwartz also on the drive talking about what the Chiefs' plan at right tackle is with no Andrew Wiley. I didn't have to be Yang. You remember, he, he was the starter in 21 before he got hurt. Like, he was going to be the guy. He was starting over Wiley, right? And he ended up getting hurt, then came back and then did the unfortunate patella injury. And then he came back this season. Wiley was the established starter while he was coming back from his injury. And I think he's the next guy up. I think they want to see what he can do before they kind of give up on him. I, that, I mean, that, this is why you draft developed guys, right? You, you draft guys for next up, and he's next in line. And so it wouldn't surprise me if, again, he was the next guy up to, to, to take that position. Tenard, to me, is more of an inside-type player, a guard player that is an emergency sort of tackle, like, Sort of what I did in my career later, where I, you know, I played guard but can get by at tackle for a game if you had an emergency or you need someone to play right tackle, but probably not primarily playing tackle most of my career. So to me, Niang's that guy where you have him at right tackle. It's why you draft him. And, and again, they're going to add depth, whether that's depth in free agency in, in wave two or three, where that is someone in the draft. So the Chiefs add. I guess it's an addition by subtraction. You get rid of the question for left tackle. Now you pick up your questions for right tackle. Is Niang the guy? I think this screams something that you all probably obviously know as you drive in your car and you enjoy that the days are longer. So awesome. But the question I think that goes unanswered that we all know is that the Chiefs will probably draft a right tackle in the draft. Let him kind of learn his way. You heard the audio of Jeff Schwartz trusting the offensive line coaches on this team knowing that there's a lot of bad dudes that know exactly how to play this position and what Patrick Mahomes' tendencies are. You draft a guy, you hope Niang stays healthy. If Niang can't stay healthy, this guy can load in. And the next thing you know, you've got somebody that's now in the system at a position that isn't nearly as severe as your left tackle. Now, do they still make some moves? I think maybe. There's two biggest questions, Chris Jones and Juju Smith-Schuster. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens and Mr. Lucas as well. On the other side of this today, that was the legal tampering legalization day, I guess, of the NFL. What today was, some teams that made moves, and what it means for the rest of time. And do we get get a breaking news bomb that comes tonight? They always like to do this 
Wait till the business days are over and then let the news break in the after hours. Hence, you get it. Lucas Dusty, 610 Sports Radio, this is After Hours. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. The Super Bowl champions play here. To the 10, to the 5, touchdown! Kansas City, a defensive score by Nick Bolton. They're going to throw a quick pass to Tony. He's got it on the edge. He will walk into the end zone. Left side wide open, Sky Moore, touchdown! Kansas City, the Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 57. Congratulations, Kansas City. From your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Coverage of opening day is brought to you by the KCKPD. Accepting applications for new and experienced law enforcement officers. KCKPD.org for more information. Equal Opportunity Employer. In after hours, Dusty Likens, Lucas with you as well. I'm talking heads. Yes, sir. This must be the place for all your breaking Chiefs news. Also, your oh, opening like day coverage oh, here like on Six Ten. We're almost in Vern season, man. And I know that Vern is champion at the bit to get on the air and talk to you about these Royals because um, I'm trying to figure out who's got more KU division or Big Twelve Conference T-shirts. Chiefs AFC West Championship T-shirts or Kansas City Royals Cactus League Champion T-shirts. All I know is that I watched. I don't normally do. I, World Baseball Classic is interesting to me, and I'll get back into the the free agency that was today here in a second. But as buddy of mine was texting me, he's like, "Do you watch World Baseball Classic?" I was like, "Yeah, try to wait till like the pool stages are over, just because I don't need to see certain teams play baseball. That you know, whatever. And just not my thing." Um, and so I did turn it on last night, Fox Sports 1. They're on again tonight. They'll play Canada. Team USA did. And I don't know if I'm just bad luck. Maybe I am. If I am, it is what it is. Um, but, man, I turned it on last night, and Brady Singer's on the mound. Two on, 2-2 two, two count. And this dude hit a home run like 460 feet. And I was like, well, that ain't good. It's 7-2 to now. I'll probably just go ahead and turn this thing off. But. Great Britain did beat Columbia today, which gives you hope. As uh, some of you people that do enjoy this World Baseball Classic, uh, it's going on. Uh, I know Vern was covering it the other day out there, so it's uh, it's always fun to dip in to the world of Josh Vernier before Josh Vernier is just all over your radio instead of after hours, which I'm okay. I'll punt to Josh Vernier any day of the week. It's better than uh, spring training, in my opinion. Watching spring training. Because somebody was asking about, like, because you've seen how they, like, celebrate, like, strikeouts and stuff like that, which the one thing I have noticed is watching the World Baseball Classic versus watching spring spring training baseball, man, I'm so glad that we got the pitch clock. It is so long. Like, four-hour games in the World Baseball Classic, two hours and 33 minutes is, like, the average of a baseball game right now. Night and day. Oh, it's crazy. It's also crazy that uh, we may never have to change our clocks again, which is interesting. What is it? It's passing the Senate. Now it's got to pass in the House. Whatever that means. Just got to go one more level, and then we don't have to do it ever again. Now we can just constantly stay on this uh, this timing. 
Uh, via Trey Wingo, though, uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets have all but finalized a deal. It's just waiting to be announced. Um, knowing Aaron Rodgers, he wants the moment to himself, so that'll probably come tomorrow at like 9 a.m. while everybody's kind of getting things together, and he'll be uh, he'll be officially a member um, of the New York Jets. Again, Ron Kopp coming up in about nine minutes. We'll talk to him about the offseason. That is the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, of course, with the signing of Dewan Taylor to the four-year deal with the plan of moving him to left tackle. So any questions, if you want to listen to somebody that's a nerd about football, uh, Dewan Taylor is uh, the name that Ron Kopp will introduce all of you uh, to tonight here in about tw- eh, about seven minutes as he tweets out. Dewan Taylor measured in at 84 and three-fourths wingspan during the 29th NFL Combine, 89th percentile for offensive tackle prospects historically. One of his top mock draftable spider chart comparisons is Laramie Tunzel. Let's bring up the man who once wore a gas mask. Uh, legal in Missouri, Laramie. So if you want to come to Kansas City in Missouri, not Kansas City, Kansas, like they said on the Selection Sunday show, that's something that just makes my skin crawl every time when they said that, which, uh, anyways. But there was a lot of talk today, at least from what we could gather that the Chiefs and the Houston Texans are in trade talks with, in fact, Laramie Tunzel to bring him over to Kansas City via trade. Aaron Wilson on Twitter today tweets, hashtag Texans Pro Bowler left tackle Laramie Tunzel has been discussed in potential trade scenario with the Kansas City Chiefs, according to a league source. Fluid situation on whether it happens. However, the Chiefs potentially retaining Orlando Brown Jr. has not been ruled out by the Chiefs per source. Um... That, again, was five hours ago. The The signing was about an hour after that. We know one thing in the tea leaves of that tweet. Orlando Brown Jr. is not going to be a chief next year. I just, I don't see it. Now, if it does happen, and we do get a, a off-season bomb that drops tonight via Schefter, Rapport, whoever it may be, obviously we will report on that. But the one thing that I found interesting today that I think can give a lot of Chiefs fans maybe a little bit of... Eh, Hope with Juju Smith-Schuster is that, do you remember last year? Now, again, this goes to the credit of what was last year's wide receiver market as opposed to this year's wide receiver market. And I am on record with betting Reggie from Anaheim a Chipotle burrito bowl or whatever the hell he wants or whatever the hell I want, that Juju Smith-Schuster will probably get at least $20 million in the free agency market. Today would kind of trend against that, I think, if it were me. Because not a lot of wide receiver action in the first day of legal tampering. We do remember a year ago, now all the names that were in it were just absolutely blockbuster of names. Devontae Smith, Tyreek Hill, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, Christian Kirk set it up. But the wide receiver market, bone dry today. Very, very, very minute when it came to news today referring to the wide receiver market, which may be... The money may not be all the way out there for some of these receivers like we think. So maybe there is some hope for somebody like Reggie Anaheim who thinks they can get a, a burrito bowl out of this because maybe Juju Smith-Schuster's market isn't as high as maybe one thought. Now, again, today, there were still some moves that had to be made before maybe some other moves had to be made in order for that type of situation to become evident in the offseason. Raiders signed uh, Garoppolo to three years, $67.5 million. Chiefs signed an offensive tackle today, four years, $80 million. Washington Commanders, they sign 
Andrew Wiley, three-year, $24 million. So Eric Bieniemy gets his guy on that offensive line that he can use to kind of help that offense do whatever they need to do. Bengals re-sign their linebacker. Dolphins get Mike White from the Jets, among other moves that were made as well. Um, Niners get to te- defensive tackle Javon Hargrave, four-year deal, $84 million. That's the one that when that sent out and the, and the Atlanta Falcons signed uh, the defensive tackle that they got today, which was... Kind of hard to say the guy's last name. David Anameta. Anameta. Maybe I'm saying that really wrong. Texan always find a way to get me out of this. Um, but they signed a three-year, $35 million. Niners signed their defensive tackle out of Philadelphia. Javon Hargrave, four years, $84 million. We can all agree Chris Jones is a little bit better than Javon Hargrave, right? Tier 1, Tier 1B, four years, $84 million. Tomorrow is a good, I guess, idea to maybe think, Who goes next? Receivers, defensive tackle, Chris Jones, Juju Smith-Schuster. I think Juju's connection with this city after one year, love at first sight, honeymoon phase, championship ring, it seems like it's all there. And the text line says, Devontae Adams requested a trade because he knew that the Packers weren't going to pay him top money. So you win, I win. He knew the Raiders would, the Raiders did. Now, Devontae Adams has Jimmy Garoppolo. And Mike Mc- Josh McDaniels has his guy. 913 says, Juju likes Mahomes getting, getting, a better, getting better another year. Well, we'll see. What's Juju want? The five-year deal or the two-year, three-year option? Either way, the wide receiver market ought to take off tomorrow. That's my personal opinion. Cut up on the other side. Ron Cobb Jr. of Arrowhead Pride joins After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Hey, Kansas City. This is Brady Singer, and you're listening to the home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio. cocktail no I don't know if I'm into those type of cocktails I'm not a big Bloody Mary guy I didn't even know there was a cocktail called a rock lobster oh yep music is like my hidden passion I don't know why but it is uh speaking of free agency signing the 49ers signed to Sam Darnold today to a one-year deal so now they have a first round quarterback times two and Mr. Irrelevant, who they'll both be backing up, which is uh, full circle. That's good. Speaking of full circle, we go from Arrowhead Pride Radio on Wednesday to After Hours on a Monday with Ron Cobb Jr. Ron, how are you uh, uh, now that we can actually tamper with you again on the air? <laughs> Legally, you know, exactly. It's the legal time to do it. Allegedly. No, Dusty, I, I appreciate you having me on. You couldn't, have, you couldn't have had a better time for me to come on, I would say, man. I... Uh, it's a fun time, you know, so it's one of the most fun times in the offseason right now. Yeah, this is where, uh, you know, the NFL is uh, the head honcho of the the sports, or as I like to call him, the daddy, because uh, there has not been a game played since February, what, 12th, 13th, and uh, yet the NFL still carries the extreme weight over every single sport, and there's every baseball team representing their country right now, and nobody cares, plus it's March Madness. <laughs> Not even talking about that until about 7.15. So, Ron, um, obviously, thanks for coming on. I appreciate the time. I know you're a busy guy in the offseason, especially after today. Uh, what can the people learn from you about the uh, signing today that the Chiefs have as a new offensive tackle? 
Yeah, well, first of all, it's just it's an exciting signing because it's it's someone you know in free agency a lot of time you pay for what someone has already done in their careers, right? What someone has established, and and obviously you know uh, Joan Taylor, the Jaguars' right tackle for the last few years, has established himself somewhat. But a lot of this is you are paying for uh, for, for for the future for for what he is going to be as a player. He really has just started to scratch the surface, you know, as a starter. You know, last year is, is when he really you know, came on down the stretch. It's really a big reason why the Jaguars offense was, was so efficient, so effective running and passing the ball. And, and, and that's really what you get out of Taylor is he's this able-bodied, you know, big, bigger body guy that, that it has been a right tackle for a lot of his career and in college because that traditionally that right tackle is a mauler, a guy that can lead your run game. And he has been able to do that. But at the same time, and, and something that you got to check out the site, Nate Christensen broke down the film for us and, and he pointed it out, but, the pass protection is really what came on this last year and is really what makes this an exciting signing, something that you're going to see maybe him get even better at. And we're going to see if the Chiefs do, you know, get him to play that left tackle position, you know, what kind of transition that is for him. But all that to say is, is this guy's an athletic, big-bodied guy with, with long arms. And, and, you know, if it sounds like it's, it's all too good to be true, you know, again, it's a guy that's ascending. It's a guy that was a first-round pick at one point. And, and it's funny because it is kind of a low-key Brett Veach special. You know, we always think about the Brett Veach special as like a trade for a guy or like someone that, you know, hasn't really been as good in their career. It's still someone that's a former first-round pick that, you know, at, in a few years could be, you know, we could look back and say this was an undervalued, you know, someone that the Chiefs maybe kind of stole compared to what he's going to be um, because he is an ascending player, only 25 years old. So it's an exciting signing for sure. Again, the only skepticism I have is is if they do really want to push him to left tackle, what that's going to look like. I just tweeted it out, but he only had 134 career snaps at left tackle in college. Uh, you know, his entire career has been right tackle. Um, but that's the thing is, is, I'll tell you here right now, Dusty, I, I really do think that is, yeah, that is maybe just a security blanket for them. I think this gives them the ability to go after their left tackle in the draft, leave Taylor at right tackle, and then you're really talking about a really exciting offensive line in the future. But again, they have to go get that left tackle. If they can't, then maybe Taylor, you know, has to, you know, move to left tackle. And that's another story. But I think this puts them in position to be aggressive in the draft and go get their guy left tackle. Yeah, because I can't imagine a scenario in which Brett Veach would let a rookie left tackle maybe protect for Patrick Mahomes. But it also kind of, the one thing I I do kind of question is is obviously the, the elephant in the room, which is Lucas Niang, right? The health has been an issue because... Juwan Taylor couldn't be any more opposite. I, I tweeted out earlier today, four four seasons, 100% of the snaps, and three of them, 98 last year. So he's never missed a game, never really misses a snap. He's got a bunch of consistency, and and and, and it's just interesting because Niang couldn't be the opposite. And I was wondering, is is the the viewpoint from Veach maybe, Niang at right tackle, move this kid over to left tackle, just like they did with Orlando Brown, kind of let him develop their draft a right tackle or somebody that's, you know, maybe – versatile as well let them learn the ropes if Niang does in fact continue the trend of staying you know injured consistently does he kind of learn those ropes over there and then you kind of see where it goes and the control with rookie contracts comes in right I I think that could be a a strong or you know a solid plan b Mm. I really do I think that could be hey if we can't get if we can't find the the space to go get our guy at left tackle in the draft if 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 it just doesn't fall right for us right Mm -hmm. then maybe you say look then we, we, we settle, you know, hey, let's, let's develop Jawan Taylor, first of all, as a left tackle. Again, he is a pass, he has really developed as a pass protector in his career so far. I really think that's why you can, you know, feel good about putting him at left tackle, especially compared to what 
other options you have. And then, yeah, then you say, look, let's, let's give Niang another shot. You know, Niang did start for this team and, and, and you know, not, in a, not for a full stretch. And, and there was a time that Mike Remmers maybe was outplaying him, you know, during that season. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, he hasn't really given, been given that, that leeway. And he was a third round pick at one point, someone that, uh, you know, we all were excited about, you know, uh, again, at some point because of his size, you know, again, another big guy, we're talking about a lot of big guys. That's what the Chiefs like. And that's what they've gone after. And, it, and it's obvious, but all that to say is I really do think plan a, I, I think this sets him up to keep Taylor at the position that you just paid him, that you just, that you just saw him, you know, progress that you keep him at that position, keep him comfortable, the position he's played his entire life. And then you, again, you, you, you go up, it might have to be a trade up. It might have to be an aggressive move by Brett Beach, but a guy like Anton Harrison, um, Broderick Jones, uh, Paris Johnson Jr., if any of them get into that range that you feel like you can trade up, uh, you know, for a reasonable price. And then you're talking about a guy that's your franchise left tackle. And, and personally, I'm a huge fan of the guys in the draft. I, it, that's why it's exciting for me, because I think if, they do, if that is their plan, especially a guy like Anton Harrison, I'll say, you know, that, that's, that's someone that, uh, that definitely I feel good about being a long-term left tackle. So moving on to the other side, today was – Kind of interesting from maybe our point of view because we're just nerds with this sport. I think that's okay for us to. to I, I'm, I'm not speaking for you. I, I mean, I just consider it. I own it. Whatever. But it seemed like the wide receiver market was absolutely quiet. Now the market is not the strongest. It's not the most purest market in the world. But there is a Chiefs. Well, I guess not necessarily a Chief right now. But Juju Smith-Schuster, the top of that market. Does that market open up tomorrow, or was today just kind of like the the normal, like quarterbacks, linemen, that move forward, and then it just takes one domino to fall? Or does this give people hope that maybe Juju isn't going to get 20, 21, 22 million a year from a team? Maybe he'll get more like a 15 to 18, which would really help the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, yeah, I think first off, uh, it, it, it does tell you that the market is. Is, it understands where this receiver class is at and just how, you know, there really isn't that top tier, or even that second, you know, tier kind of receiver, you know, necessarily, you know, I know Juju is probably closer to J- Jacoby Myers is another guy, but obviously up there. You could even say McCall Hardman is, is one of the best receivers, you know, one of the most proven receivers in this free agency class of the guys that, you know, should be looking at multi-year deals. Dude, but I think a huge part of this honestly is just, are, are they waiting on Aaron Rodgers to do something? Is the kind of the entire receiver market, just some of the offensive weapons, you know, in general, are, are we all waiting just for Aaron Rodgers to decide what he's going to do? Cause you know, there's, there's a few things, you know, I, I think the Packers thing is, is ruled out, right? I don't think we're, we're waiting on him to come back, but he may just not come back at all. Right. He may just not play football. And so if, you know, I, I think that does change things. Right. And I think you, you could see kind of the dominoes all fall once Rodgers finally says, and I, and I think he will, I think he'll say, look, I'm, I'm playing for the Jets. I think he's just dragging it out. And I do think, you know, you could see the Jets maybe make a splash signing because of that. Um, you know, again, Odell's another name out there that the Chiefs are inter- interested in. And I think is someone that, that should be with the other names on the market as, as highly considered as anybody, you know, right now, you know, a year away from his injury. So I think that's a big part of it, too. But I do just think when you don't have that top tier guy that, that, that teams are really like fighting and, and punching each other for. I think, you know, they kind of want it to maybe, you know, take a few days so the, the number maybe does come down and, and, and you can get a, a, these players at a cheaper deal. Today there was a pretty big signing as Hargrave signs uh, with the Niners for a four-year $84 million deal. Uh, Chris Jones, does this deal get done before or after the draft when it comes to his future with the Kansas City Chiefs? 
You know, it's amazing how I'm amazed we haven't heard about this deal getting done. I mean, you know, Chris is talking about it. You know, it sounds like it's done and, and, and maybe these numbers aren't affecting it. So maybe we don't have to worry about this, but you would really expect them to get out in front of the rest of the defensive tackle market. Right. You know, we don't last year. It was really scary because Tyreek's deal maybe got inflated because of the fact that Christian Kirk and Devontae Adams got signed before Tyreek's extension got done. Maybe this deal is already done and we just haven't heard about it. You know, it's pretty crazy to think in today's world um, that that would be the case. But the way Chris is talking, you know, and on Twitter, you know, he's obviously had the the kind of tweets, you know, pointing to it being done. It's just it it is amazing that it hasn't gotten done because you you don't want these guys to continue to inflate the market. You know, Deron Payne and again, you just mentioned Hargraves. You know, with the Niners, that's, you know, obviously a, a you know, pretty scary deal in general. Yeah. Um, but then you also have, you know, Jeffrey Simmons needing an extension this offseason. You know, like Quinton Williams, the New York Jets, you know, uh, former top five pick. So they, sh- they need to get this deal done soon. And obviously it opens up their cap space, too. So, I, you know, it's amazing we haven't heard about it yet. But maybe we just won't hear about it until the, the official year drops. And they've always kind of had they kind of know what kind of cap space they have to work with with it done. We just don't know about it the public, you know. No, I for sure agree with that. So I'm assuming tomorrow will be a fun, fulfilled day as well. As if this was the uh, the the top coming off the champagne to open up the off season. I can't wait until what comes out tomorrow. Ron, you got anything going on for the uh, the website over there at Arrowhead Pride? Well, yeah, I, I think I'm going to look at just and you know, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but how the Jawan the Jawan Taylor signing impacts the Chiefs' mm-hmm. draft strategy, right? How how it how it could you know alter kind of how they think in the draft, you know, having I would say a right tackle locked up, but just an offensive tackle locked up. Again, we talked about it, that he could play both positions. And they've already they, – they've been pretty uh, public, pretty – you know, they want people to know that he can play left tackle and that they think that. So that does mean something. But, yeah, that check it out on com. That'll be out pretty soon. And, yeah, just keep following for all the free agency stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll recap it all. Ron, enjoy the time change. It stays lighter until about 730. I know you probably enjoy that as much Beautiful. as I do. Yes, all right, sir. Man. It's beautiful. No, I appreciate you, Dusty. Always and every time, man. Take care. Ron Cobb Jr. of Arrowhead Pride, their lead film analyst, joining After Hours tonight. Uh, check out their stuff. I don't know if I got this too late, but from the 913, give a shout-out to my son Carson. It's his birthday. Today's the golden birthday. He's 13th on the 13th. He's 13 on the 13th. However you want to say that. So happy birthday, Carson. Coming up on the other side, Jimmy Garoppolo to the Raiders. What's that mean for the Chiefs? Nothing. More on After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views.